Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest today is Ben Lancaster and very different um, business. We've not had somebody with um, this background before, so I'm going to let then spill the beans as to what the business is. But if I say the name of the company, I'll give it all away. So I'm going to let Ben do that. Ben is, well, he's co-founder of the business and they are disrupting a very traditional business, a very traditional sector. So a very big welcome to you, Ben. Thank you very much for taking the time to be on our podcast. Perhaps you'd just like to do a little introduction of yourself and the business. Yeah, so my name is Ben Lancaster. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of VCL Vintners. And I suppose essentially what we do is specialise in whiskey cask as an investment vehicle. Um, probably, you know, an area that more people know about today than they probably did maybe five or ten years ago. But, you know, it's a, a, a space that's really um, going strong. And, and obviously, yeah, there's, a, there's a, a lot of interest in terms of whiskey and, and the potential returns it offers for investors. And your business has had incredible success in just 13 years that it's been going. And you have good sales, you have a small team. So yeah. what's been the success for this? What's your success story? What's, what's been your, how have you led it? What's your leadership style? And share us a little bit about the success of the business. I suppose, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been quite... Um, I suppose, pioneering in terms of what we do as a company. We were the first in the UK to offer whiskey casts as an investment vehicle. So I think that that's, that underlines what we try to do as a company. We always try to be the first. We always try to be innovating. We always want to, to make sure that we're ahead of any curve because ultimately I think that, you know, having that one step ahead of everybody else means you can elevate yourself above other companies in a similar field. Um, my, my leadership skill is probably a little bit um, uh, unorthodox, I would say. You know, I, I suppose in, in some senses it's uh, uh, probably what people would define as more traditional, but there is an element of, of how I go about things, certainly, that some people might find a bit different. But I, I suppose in from my own perspective, you know, I, I'm very determined and I have a, you know, and the company has a clear vision of what it's trying to achieve. And I think ultimately that's, that, that, that really sets the sets the pace for how we go about things. So whilst I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a little bit unorthodox in terms of maybe leadership. At the same time, you know, we do have a, a purpose. We do have an end result we're trying to achieve. And I think once we focus on that, how we eventually get there, you know, whatever, whatever you know, method or mechanism we use is as long as we get the job done for one of a better expression, then ultimately that's, that's always going to be the path we're going to follow. What do you mean by being a little bit unorthodox? Um, I think that maybe we've, we've I don't know, like with leadership, for instance, I think when you talk about leadership, people probably have a, um, a preconceived notion of what leadership is. But I think 
leadership is is something which is very unique to the organization that you're representing and the industry you work in and the, and the role that you have so for me you know I, I i might not be the the most um sort of uh gregarious sometimes you know i may not be the most loudest person in the room but there's uh i probably have a little bit of a, a sort of underline a bit of a steely determination and a maybe a competitive streak in me that, that sort of lights the fire I guess um yeah I, I think it's it, it's it's maybe just moving away from the more traditional concepts of what leadership is and actually focusing on 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 maybe the the path that you take the the skills that you can utilize and ultimately trying to achieve an objective that that, that, that should be a common goal for you and, and the staff you have and as I said earlier on, the, the business has been very successful. I mean, you've got um, a multi-million sales revenue and you've yep. done that in a very short space of time, relatively, it's 13 years. And I think you have about 13 team members. Yeah, so we work in, yeah. yeah, that's right. We have quite a small team, I suppose, in terms of sales and, and obviously volume and turnover. So what's enabled you? I'm really interested to hear what's enabled you to go from zero to that level with a small team over those 13 years. So you're, you say your leadership style is a little bit unorthodox. There must be other things that have been really important in you achieving that sort of success. So what might those be that you know, you'd be happy to share with our listeners? I think, I mean, we've had, we've, 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 we have a small team now. We've had a larger team in the past. You know, so I, I think there's an element of, of being adaptable that's really sort of been a, a cornerstone of, of what we've achieved. Uh, you know, from our own perspective, you learn, you know, in business, I think owning a business, you nothing's ever straightforward, nothing's ever a straight line. You, you know, there's always going to be deviations along the way. And I think it's how you adapt to those. So whilst we've had big teams in the past, we've condensed that down. And I think that whilst the a larger team takes a lot more man management and the way for the last say 12 years of the business what we've done is we've always tried to evolve we've always looked at the best ways to to, to run our business the most efficient way of running our business so you know whilst the big team can be quite suitable in, in certain environments you realize that if you've got particularly when you if, it, if it's uh, you know i suppose in, in true for sales environment if you've got a, a team of 20 and you've got maybe seven or eight or six or seven people who generate the bulk of, of, of the, the work, then the residual there aren't necessarily contributing too much. So what we found is by having a smaller team, the man management side of things is, is, is a lot smaller. The time and effort you need to put into a larger team is, is obviously a lot smaller. And then what that gives you an opportunity to do is to really focus on other areas of the business. And that will allow you therefore to, you know, maybe, work on other projects that you probably wouldn't have had time to do, which was going to, going to reap different rewards in a, in a different direction. So I think we, we have learned a lot within the, the, the 12 years we've been trading and the, the approach has, has changed a hell of a lot in, in terms of where we started to where we are today. And, you know, it's not all been plain sailing, but I suppose in answer to your question, you know, you, 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 try, to, you try to do what you think is best for the company and you try to work in the most efficient way you can because ultimately that, that efficiency frees up so much more time for you to drive the business and, and achieve your objectives. And has there been, um, have you had to embrace automation in having a smaller team? Has that been a key part of it? 
Yeah, I think that was a corner. I, I think it was, you know, it was the cornerstone of the decision, really, because I, with, with automation, it's, it affects every, it impacts every area of everybody's life. You know, from the moment you wake up, they, you know, from the sort of moment you go to sleep, there's automation plays a daily part in your daily life. And from our own perspective, you know, having that shift and, you know, approaching things differently or, you know, marketing in a different way or marketing through different avenues, whilst you know, the, the costs per, you know, the spend on those particular avenues might be higher, actually the revenue and the results far outweighs what you, you spend on, on that particular method. So, yeah, we, we've embraced it. And I think we were, we were probably one of the first companies to do so. And it, it changed the whole way we approach the business, but it also it very much changed the results for the business at the same time. And it was, you know, it was something we never look back on is, you know, in, in any sort of dim view, because ultimately making that decision was probably the best thing, one of the best things we ever did. And we, we skirted around the issue for a long time, you know, because there was cost involved and the business was in a different position. When we, can, when we were considering it, the, the business itself wasn't necessarily where it is today. So you're, you're balancing or you're weighing up what you can do. You know, if, if you're going to, you know, that, that X amount of revenue you spend has to generate a certain amount coming back in. And it may be when you're not where, you know, where, where you, when you're not where you want to be, you probably have those trepidations like most people would do naturally. And I suppose it's being bold enough to make the decision and just say, look, we're going to do it. And whatever happens, you know, let's focus on where we want to get to rather than where we currently stand. And I think that made a, that was a big part of, of I think for us, the, the sort of final decision to say, look, let's, let's just embark on it and, and see where it goes. I think the more you differ about something, the, the sort of the more you miss out on effectively, you know, for want of a better expression, obviously. Now, that's such a, a great and valid point. And I think one of the key messages that you're saying from this is, you know, you learn from that, but make, take decisive action and see what the mm. results are. Yeah, 100%. I think you, it, you can't, you can't procrastinate too much on, on decisions. And I think it's, I think having a, taking a, a clear cut decision is for a business is critical because ultimately the, the more you dance around an issue, the more you talk about an issue, the more you don't make a decision on whether you're going to go for something or you don't, you, you're sort of, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy on things that you can't have an ultimate decision on. And I think that's really counterproductive because yeah, the, you know, I think when you run a business, I think it's every minute of the day is, is really important. And the, 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 what you're trying to do is maximize the time that you have. You know, you, if you're a business owner, invariably, you don't have, you know, no one has a nine to five. You, you, you go home, you're working late, or there'll be something that comes up and needs attention. So all of those, if you can, if you can be more effective on your decision making, then ultimately frees up more time for for other things, whether they're different elements of the business or even not writing emails at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night when you should be, you know, at home with your family, for instance. So yeah, it's definitely, I think if being decisive is a, is a really key component in being effective from my own perspective. And do you think that's something that you've developed as you've been growing the business or would you say you were always, you've always been like that? I think it's, it's, it's probably been something that, you know, whilst we've, you know, I've been within the business for the, the 12 odd years. Ultimately, 
you know, I, I think decisive or being decisive is is uh, it, it may not be something you're necessarily quite uh, you know, born with or, or natural to. I think there is an element of you do learn that in different roles that you've done and different aspects of, of jobs you may have had before running your own business, for instance. So, yeah, I would I would say that I would being you know overly decisive decisive is probably something that has been acquired over a period of time and not necessarily something I was uh, a natural world or natural with, should we say. Well, I think that's encouraging because I think there, there may be listeners who may be feeling a little indecisive and it's always good to know that this is a skill that we can improve on and we can get better at. So it, our listeners love to hear about challenges that you faced. So what have been some of the big challenges you faced, Ben, in growing the business? Or, you know, maybe an example where you've been decisive and it didn't quite work out as you expected. Oh, there's plenty of those. Um, <laughs> well, let's share some of those. Yeah, no, so I, I, challenges are, I think challenges are unique to every individual. There's lots of different things you may face. So from my own perspective, you know, coming into the company, there was an existing team. Uh, you, you know, you come on board as, as uh, you know, in, a, in an elevated position, or as you know, when you when you come on when you when you start a company or join a company, you've got that existing team that you're, you know, you're managing. I think naturally there's a you're going to get a pushback, and it's being confident in yourself and the abilities and the skill set that you have, and being able to demonstrate that to people without being overbearing. I, you know, for me, that's that, that was one of the key things is 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 knowing what knowing what you bring to the table, knowing what your skill set is, and maybe not necessarily being too concerned about what other people's viewpoint would be, because ultimately, you're there to to drive a business. You're there to you know grow a business, and the fact is is that you're never going to keep everybody happy, and there's going to be certain things that you want to do there's going to be a certain way you want to do things there's going to be certain objectives you want to achieve and that's probably you know that can ruffle people's feathers because some people can get very comfortable in their positions some people can be quite um they can be quite uh sort of i suppose they can be quite uh that's protective do you mean yeah maybe protective is a good word you know i suppose they can, they can be protective of, of what they've got and what they've done. And ultimately, you, you're going to come into any, any business, you can employ people and people start and there's going to be egos. And if you've got a, a big team or you've got different personalities, you need to be able to navigate your way through that. And, and, and you've probably got to just accept you're not going to keep everybody happy. And you, should, you know, don't, don't second guess what you're doing because of what other people may think. Because ultimately for you, you know where you want to. You know you where you want to go. And, and and for the moment that the company started and the company and I, and I was here, there was a clear cut objective. You know, whether or not people thought it was, you know, bananas or whether they or not they thought that the ceiling, the watermark was going to be too high. You know in your mind what you're trying to achieve. You know what you want. You know what you want for this company. You know what you want for the people that work for it. And you know what you want for yourself as an owner of it and where you want to get to. And ultimately that view isn't going to work for everybody and you're going to have to accept that not everybody's going to be on board and some people will take longer to get on board than others because everybody's different everybody has different personalities everybody operates in a different way and the moment that you try to 
force someone to to come around to your way of thinking sometimes it can be a you know that, that could be counterproductive so you you have to approach things and, and appreciate the things are more nuanced than uh, they may seem on face value have there been any real big challenges in this area that you've you've had to wrestle with yeah as i said i mean we had you know when 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 the, the people we brought in initially were maybe from different backgrounds and you had to you know you had to try and man manage those individuals or those personalities and again you know as i mentioned from my own perspective when i we, we've had or i had a, a sort of objective in mind for the company and there'll be my way of operating there'll be my expectations and it was it was very different to, to some of the other people we had and it was and I, and I speak from experience in that i guess in, in with regards to not not biting or not you know not taking everything that people were doing to heart because you have to be resilient you have to be thick-skinned and you have to just believe in what what you're trying to achieve and yeah you know like staffing was was one thing and egos was another um, but there's lots of different challenges and, and you can you can often you can often second guess yourself as a business owner because you know if there's no fixed playbook there's no fixed route that you're going to go down that's ultimately going to lead you to where you want to get to because it, frankly if it was that easy and if it was that simple then everybody would do it you, you, you don't have that luxury and you do have to just roll with the punches and you know it's just accept that every day is going to be different and you're not going to get everything straightforward and you know it would be great if it was everything went from x to y for instance but it doesn't and yeah so for, for me the, the challenges i've experienced in that sense have been i guess multiple in regards to even whiskey itself when we embarked on whiskey it was incredibly difficult because there was there was no fixed route. There was no uh, fixed route to market, route to supply chain. That whole, We had to create that from scratch. And we were a London-based company. There was distilleries in Scotland. There was so many hurdles that we had to overcome to, to get our feet on the table. And I've taken a long time to get to this point, to be honest with you. I probably could have got here sooner. But um, yeah, no, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a really, uh, it was a really sort of um, difficult, time because ultimately you knew what you wanted but it was trying to find the solution and ultimately that wasn't the most straightforward way thing we could do but we got there in the end it took a lot of hard work but, I bet uh, when yeah. you, sorry ben i bet when you started did you really a, a, appreciate what the the scale of what those challenges might be i mean just the fact that you're in london and whiskey is perceived to, co to come from scotland no, no, I don't think any of us grasped the, 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 the levels of difficulty we would experience in, in trying to find casks or suitable casks. The, the market, as I, as I mentioned, we were the first company in the UK to, to sort of offer whiskey casks as an investment. So it was, there was, there was we, we created it. We, you know, we, in essence, we, we've, you know, we pioneered the whole sector. So there was no playbook. There was no set list of suppliers that you could go to. It wasn't like maybe other uh, products where you have maybe four or five different merchants where you could go to and you know acquire what you need you know we, we we kind of had to start from scratch on that so it was you know the idea was one thing but the realization of it was a was an, was another thing and from the idea to the realization you know there was a lot of work we had to put in as a company there was a lot of 
uh, you know, boots on the ground that we had to, to go and do. There was, you know, a lot of traveling. There was a lot of meetings. There was a lot of everything that had to go hand in hand with us eventually acquiring what we went on to do. So, yeah, it was, it, you know, whilst you face challenges from a staffing perspective, there's a logistical uh, perspective as well. And, you know, that, that was, yeah, for us, that became really acute quite early on because it was very much, we had the idea, we knew what we wanted to do, but the moment we went to try and execute it, we were like, oh, this isn't as straightforward as we thought it was going to be. So yeah, there is, you, you have to be, yeah, you, you've got to, you know, you, you've got to focus on what you want and, you know, just keep knocking on doors, really. Was there ever a moment when you said, oh my goodness, this is too much, it's never going to work? I mean, you might have said it, but didn't really mean it, but were there moments when it felt no. like that? No, no, they're never really. We've, um, I've, 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 I'm quite, uh, I'm quite determined in that way. And no, it never, it never crossed my mind. It was, we could see the value in it. I could see the value in it, and it was, it was, we were, or I, I was never gonna sort of have that type of approach to it because you could see the potential, and ultimately. Yeah, I'm a bit indignant like that, so I don't really take no for an answer, essentially. So, yeah, no, we, there was never a time that... It, 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 I think when you're in a business, you, you can never really rest on your laurels and you can't feel sorry for yourself. You, you have to... You know, it's, it's always about how can I get it? It's always about how can we do this? And, and, and I think that has to be a really important feature of, of owning a business is, is the how-to. Because the moment you start thinking any other way, you're on, a, you're on a downward spiral and you'll end up being like, oh, well, you know, this isn't, this isn't going to work. I think the moment, if you think of everything in a way that, how can I get this? How can I achieve this? You know, what do we need to do in order to, to get what we're trying to, you know, what we're trying to get our hands on, for instance, if it's stock or whatever it is, if you have that type of approach, you'll always find a way. I think anything else other than that would always lead you to a dead end. And, you know, in, in business, it's just, it, it's very, uh, counterproductive from from an energy perspective as well it's you know you you, you burn a lot of energy following the wrong paths you know you, you have to be a bit creative you have to be very determined and i think that you know ultimately that's 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 you know for us was you know i suppose an answer to your question it, it's never crossed my mind to say we this isn't going to work it was always the case of how can we make it work so you've never so your advice has always been or your sorry your mindset has always been we'll always find a way how if you were going to give say three pieces of practical advice to our listeners who may be growing a business or even maybe stepping into leadership would that be one of your three key pieces of advice to give them there's always a how and you've got to find it yeah there's always a way you know there's there's nothing there's, there's nothing that you can't achieve in that sense without you know sounding too sort of over the top but you have to you have to strive you know keep striving for what you want you know if you if you went to if you started a business you've got an idea in mind what that business is going to look like or you know what you want to your objective is from that business so you have to have a mindset where you're continually striving to achieve that that goal you know no business is made overnight and you can't take a view on six months or a year that, oh, well, you know, you just have to have that ability to keep striving for what you want. You know, you may have uh, months and months and months of not getting the results you want. You're going to have peaks and troughs. You're going to have some good times, you've got some bad times. 
ultimately, if you've got that, you know, fire in your belly to continue to, to keep striving for what you want, then ultimately that will always get you to where you need to, to be, really. Um, and then the second point for me would always be enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the most, uh, you know, uh, amiable of people most of the time, but ultimately, you know, you have to enjoy what you're doing. And I do enjoy what I do, you know, and, and I think that, that that helps because some of the, the biggest and best businesses in the world have always been, you know, they, they, you never get into things because of a short-term solution. It's, you know, most of the time people end up falling into things they do because they enjoy what they're doing. You know, they enjoy building that company. They enjoy, you know, different avenues or different perspectives that that company can offer. And and, and, and from my own perspective, that's definitely the way I feel that, you, you know, like when we spoke earlier on about acquiring casts or trying to, you know, navigate your way through the whiskey industry, I think ultimately you have to enjoy it because uh, being a business owner will, will give you more opportunities than you probably would have ever imagined. And yeah, you can have good times, you can have bad times, but f- from my own perspective, you know, trying to acquire casks, finding yourselves, you know, in front of you know, wholesalers or distilleries in Scotland, you know, traveling to, to and from Scotland, you know, trade events, whatever it may be, those are all, you know, those sort of things, whatever, whatever industry you work within, you have to enjoy those side of things because that's, that's effectively why you're there. You haven't started a business, you haven't embarked on a business unless you're passionate about what you're doing. And, and all of those other avenues that come with it, you have to enjoy it. So I think, yeah, you know, you enjoy what you're doing, keep striving for what you're trying to achieve. And I guess, there's an element of, of that purpose. Have, you, know, you know, you have to know where you want to get to. You have to know why you embarked on the journey that you have. And I think if you can combine those three things, then even with the peaks and the troughs and the, the, the sort of ups and downs or the day-to-day, you know, hurdles that you face as a business owner, ultimately those, those three things, are, from my own perspective, are always, um, you know, they're, they're the ones I go back to and focus on because ultimately they're the ones that keep you sort of, you know, tuned into what you, you try to achieve. Well, I think there's something that you said there that really resonates with me, and that's there's always a solution. It might be tough to find mm. it, but there's always, always a way forward. And yeah, the, the role of mindset in that, isn't it? You know, just being absolutely determined to get where you want to be. It's yeah, of course. You, you know, there's you have to be you know resolute in that sense. You know, as, you, as you've said, look, there's always a solution. You know, it just it, it's always how you approach something that is going to determine the outcome. And, you know, if you, if you, if you're a glass half full kind of person, then it's always going to be half full and you're never going to find a full glass. So you have to, you have to really, you know, you know I hate that, you know, like this bad term go getter, but you have to have that attitude where you're always trying to find a solution because there is one there. It may take you an hour. It might take you a week, but at the same time, there is always one there. You just have to keep finding or keep looking for it. Well, the burning question I've got for you, Ben, is did this all start for you because you absolutely love whiskey? Um, the, 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 the company embarking on whiskey, for sure. That was, that, was, um, that was my sort of my baby, I guess, my brainchild. Yeah, and that, that stemmed from, uh, you know, having a, a, a really big interest in whiskey. I mean, obviously, for us, we, we focus on the investment side of things. 
And when you look at, you know, the data that we were seeing years and years ago, it was it was too good opportunity to miss because no one else had seen this. No one else had embarked on it. No one else was talking about it. No one else was even dreaming of embarking on it. So for us and for me, it was it was really um, a sort of a really good fortuitous combo because I like whiskey. I like Scotland. You know, my wife would say I'm a Scotiaphile. So uh, anything Scotland related, I'm a big fan of. But yeah, no. So it was it it, it was a, a, a dream combo, I guess, in terms of liking whiskey, but also seeing what the opportunity could be. For our clients and what the potential is you know it's, it was i think we're really um proud maybe you know you know it might be a good word but for the fact that we pioneered it the fact that we were the first to do it you know we were incredibly you know proud of that because it was something again it, for us if you look at all the projects we, we sort of even once we're embarking on recently we're pioneering once again you know uh, tokenization of casks with the NFT and the blockchain technology mm. uh, having broke a world record November last year you know there's a multitude of things that we've done that we were the first people to do and that and and, and to be the first people to to set the market to set the stall out you know everybody else is then following you and you've 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 pioneered that you've you've set the benchmark and and I think that, that that's something you have to be. It would be daft of us not to be proud of that because it's something that we, we strive and we work really hard to try and achieve. Well, it is a fantastic achievement. And as we mentioned at the very beginning, you stood up and shaken up a very traditional industry and you've been using yeah. technologies like blockchain um, and you've been embracing all of that. Is there something in you that's always had a passion for being bold and breaking with tradition and looking at something different? I thought you were going to ask me about technology. I was going to be, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, we, we, as I said, my, my, we talk about leadership skills, I'm a little bit unorthodox. I think I'm unorthodox across, across the board, really. But yeah, we, we you know, we, we've always, and I've always wanted to, to, to sort of stand out from, from everybody else and, and be different. And I think that, that sort of ties into even embarking on whiskey in the, fir- in, the, in the first place with regards to the fact that there wasn't anyone doing it. There was, you know, it was a very hard nut to crack. But we, we yeah, I, I think if you look at the company, if you look at the, the years we've been in existence and just generally the, the steps we've taken, you know, we've always had that in our, in our DNA to, to really try to, to, to be different from everyone else and, and, and try and you know, beat everyone else to the punch, I guess. But yeah, I think that, I know I mentioned it earlier on with the technology side of things and the way that we approached it as a business and embraced it. And, and that's ultimately for us, you know, if we're, if we're not doing it, someone else is, and we'd much rather be the ones doing it than, than sort of playing catch up. But yeah, technology, as I mentioned earlier, is, is, is part of everything you do day to day. And I think being ignorant to it and not trying to embrace it or not trying to engage in it and not trying to endorse it, it's just, it's counterproductive for any company, no matter what industry you're in, you know, wherever you are in the world, really. I think you've got a very entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, thank you for sharing that with us and giving mm-hmm. us some insights into the key principles that you use to have, growing your business and take it to the next stage of growth. 
just as we begin to to wrap up on the podcast what are your big goals for the future um we've got so um, for us we've we we specialize in the cask investment side of, of things that's you know what we do on a day-to-day and you know we've we've provided clients with some fantastic opportunities fantastic returns i think for us in the pipeline the the bottling side so the independent bottles that we've released we we did our inaugural bottlings uh november december last year we've got a bottling for the queen's jubilee which is currently in process so the bottling line for us is something we really want to sort of escalate and and sort of improve on and, and get more out there i think we're we're earmarking to do 12 uh, 12 to 15 different bottles this year which may sound small in number but in terms of volume you know there's that, a fair amount of liquid um but particularly for my, myself and my interest in whiskey I, for me it's really important that we can provide that inter you know in addition to some other exit strategies we have having the bottling line there um for clients is is really something we're quite um determined with and Obviously, the team who work up in Scotland there, you know, they work quite closely with the designers and, and the marketing here to, to make sure we can achieve that. Um, and then we've got the, it would be really focusing on growing the, the sort of digital side of things and the, the sort of uh, Metacast, which is the company or the platform we use to, for the NFTs on the, on the car side of things, and which we use to break the world record. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've got some big projects in the pipeline. And certainly we want to make sure that we can, um, you know, supersede on our expectations on those. But yeah, the bottling side of things and, and, and to really increase and improve the, the sort of combination of the whiskey, an asset backed NFT with a whiskey cask and the platform that we're utilizing and maybe rolling, you know, whilst we broke the world record, um, we've got another one in another auction in March, which will probably break the last world record. But at the same time, there's a, a wider aspect of that platform which is to essentially allow people anywhere in the world at any time in the world to be able to buy and sell casks and that is a sort of our big goal for that particular project and that's definitely something that's you know the, the whole project has taken two years to come to fruition in november and it may take another two to three to get to where we need to it could take longer but we're, we're pretty determined on that so there is yeah there's some big projects in the pipeline that we're working on and we want to make sure that we we uh, hit the right notes on. Well, it does sound very, very exciting. And no doubt you'll be very successful with it, with the mindset and approach that we've talked about on the podcast. How can yeah. our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more? So, yeah, uh, conventional routes, really. Um, the website, which is www.bclvintners.london. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we're quite on the website there's lots of different um avenues of whiskey news whiskey just general material there's a registration process for people to go to so yeah it's i think the website's probably a good port of call because it allows it probably gives people a feel of what the company is it gives people a feel of the market but also getting in touch is a, a, a quite a simple process as well thank you very much ben it's been a real pleasure thanks for having me. appreciate it it's nice to, to talk to you well, it's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And, you know, ongoing success, no doubt. And yeah. thank you so much for sharing your insights with, it, with us. Really appreciated it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, 
you can do that at the rgen.co.uk website.